0: Follow me to uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Um, we're going to be in verse 9 today, trailing along Philippians, and I uh, hope you're enjoying it uh, for the past year and a half, or a little bit more, almost two years. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying it. And um, today is going to be titled A Role Model of Better Things. A Role Model of Better Things. Let's go to God's uh, God in prayer and ask for direction and uh, ask for his guidance through the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your grace. Uh, We thank you for this Lord's Day. As we gather in different places, Lord, and at different times, uh, your church is dispersed all over the globe, Lord, and we pray for the saints. Uh, We pray for our brothers and sisters in different locations, Lord, that you bless the gathering, whether it be in person or virtually, Lord, uh, whether it be in an auditorium, a living room, uh, under a tree, God, um, wherever they may be gathering, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will instruct the church um, and that we will uh, be nourished this Lord's Day, Lord, around the globe. And that uh, people can come to know you, Lord. That salvation will come to the lives of, of the hearers, Lord. And we pray for the power of the gospel, Lord, to intervene in lives, God, that are far from you. We pray for the teaching of this morning. Uh, that your Holy Spirit will instruct our minds and guide us. For we depend upon you. Uh, we know nothing, Lord. And we know that it is you who is our teacher. And uh, we pray that you just open up our minds and our hearts. And that the word of God will fall into fertile soil. And that it will it'll just yield much fruit, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Book of Philippians. I'm going to read verse 8. And then uh, just to get last week's context. Um, chapter 4. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So last week we saw closely verse 8. We spend uh, the teaching just uh, analyzing each each um, each one of the virtues that he lists on there. So if you missed it, uh, you can go back into the archive and you guys can listen to that just in case. And um, so we were looking at specific things that are worthy of praise. Worthy of praise. And, and this ought to be the thought life. That every Christian ought to be directing themselves upon those things that are worthy of praise. You know, the Apostle Paul now brings himself into the picture. This is what we're going to see today. And um, of what ought to be the model for this. You know, it's not just teaching abstract truths or, or, or teaching a, a good morality or a good philosophy. It's much more than that. In Christianity. We know that. And uh, he doesn't simply say to do certain things he isn't willing to do or that he himself is not doing. You know, or he doesn't just point the church, the church of, of Philippi, in an unknown direction, you know, uh, that, that he knows nothing of. Uh, you know, but it's it's the, basically what he's following is the Jesus model. And uh, the Jesus model of leadership or of being a Christian. Uh, you know, he never tells us to do something that he himself wouldn't do. We don't see that in Christ. We, we, we see in Jesus uh, is it, something that is unique, uh, that is something exclusive, that is something beautiful. That no other God created by man has ever done. That no other God created by humans uh, has ever done. And this is why we worship him. This is why we go to him. For he is the one true God. And we're going to be looking at that. You know, the true biblical leadership and true and being a true Christian, we can say, is modeling, you know, uh, and going before the people. That, that's what being a shepherd is, right? So if you, what is a pastor? It's somebody who feeds. It's somebody who, who protects the sheep. It's somebody who, who cares for the sheep. And this is what we have in Christ. And then on this earth, he's given us certain people that have been equipped uh, to be able to help us. But in reality, the shepherd has to go before the sheep. The shepherd is not a dictator. The shepherd or the teacher is not somebody who just tells people what to do. That's not a biblical model. And that's what what Paul is saying. Look, these things you saw in me. These things I actually modeled for you. I did not just teach you good principles. I actually walked the walk. I actually... Did my part. I actually demonstrated what it means to be a Christian. Not a religious leader, a Christian, a, a follower of Christ, a disciple, a learner, a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, and so leaders are not supposed to live in the ivory tower of life or of religion and look down upon the people with certain directions and, and that they know nothing of, right? That's what we see in the, the reli- in the religious world, uh, uh, in scripture and nowadays. A lot of times there's leaders who nobody can reach, they're, they're so high, and all they do is they cost shots to the bottom. That's not what Jesus he gave the example of. You know, well, Paul says something similar in, an, in, a, in a previous chapter, chapter 3, verse 17. He told the church, brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. So he, he told them earlier also the same thing in a different way. He said to follow an example, right, a certain pattern of life. That they have observed, not just heard, but actually observed in the leadership, observed in the saints, in that you have in us. And um, scripture teaches us to be not sluggish, right, in Hebrews, but imitators of those who through faith and, and patience inherit the promises. We are not to be lazy in the subject, but we should be imitating what is right, what is good, what is what is worthy of praise. Those things that lead us closer to Christ. You know, Paul was leading by example. You know, a good example, we can say. Something John uh, also noted to his hearers. And so the, this, was, this was a form of uh, apostolic teaching. Because the, apost- the, uh, the apostles were teaching the teachings of Christ. The teachings of God. They were, they were not just forming their own stuff. You know, in, in, the, in the third letter of John, in verse 11, he says something similar. He says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. They don't know God, and so this there's a certain characteristic that he addresses the church. He says, "Look, we ought to be imitating those things that are worthy of praise, those things that are God-like, those things that do not come from this world, those things that come from God." You know, and so following the pattern of good, you know that that is you know. Um, that's the best thing we can do, you know, of, of godly virtues. You know, a standard that we receive from Christ himself, from the scriptures. And this is the way that we ought to be following. You know, Paul tells the church here, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ, in other words. You know, as you see me following Jesus, therefore imitate me. He doesn't just say follow me because I'm a religious leader, because I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. You know, I, I'm of real stock. You know, I'm, I'm 100% Israeli, I'm 100. percent No, he doesn't say something like that. Like he said earlier, those things are rubbish. Those things don't even matter right now. What matters is that I gain Christ, is that I've been found in Christ. That's what truly matters. My whole religious background is not the important part. What matters is my new life in Christ Jesus. And so this, this, that's why he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now, this imitation of Paul, you know, or or other godly examples that we have in Scripture is always contingent upon something higher, than, then, then, then uh, there's a higher example. Uh, the model is God. So what I'm trying to say is everybody who we imitate is only contingent as much as they imitate God. So there's many good examples out there. But we only imitate those things that are worthy of praise. Because we are all human. We all make mistakes. And so therefore we cannot set our gaze and our eyes firstly upon man or upon woman. It needs to be upon God and then those examples that follow after him. And so, always remember this. We follow somebody only in the, uh, upon them following Christ Jesus. You know, the text lays out key words here that are fundamental to understand. this very clear. The things that you have learned, received, and heard, and seen. Right? Look, Paul is after he says, you know, dwell upon these things. You know he he, uh, he Paul just takes it you know deeper. You know he says you know these things you have learned them you have received them you have uh, heard them uh, and you have seen them and therefore practice these. You know and so that's a that's a big charge. Um, you know what a high standard that he lays out for a pastoral model for a leader model or just for a Christian model. You know it wasn't about leading the church um, with some sort of like I said some abstract truths. You know, but actually having a living model, you know, the, you know a, a, an actual real example is what we need nowadays. You know, role models are hard to find. And, and I mean that. Godly role models are not easily found. You know, a, a, a virtuous man, a virtuous woman, a godly man, a godly woman, a praying man, a praying woman, you know, is a jewel, is a gem. You know, and those are worthy of praise because they're following Christ, not for their own glory, but for the glory of God. You know, th- this is, you know, um, this this truly is a beautiful uh, um a teaching in scripture in regards to being role models. Uh, th- this comes down, you know, from the heavenly to the earthly. And saying, okay, now that you have been renewed, now that you have been redeemed, now live this out. Be genuine. Be a true follower of Christ. You know, those things that you learned, that you received, uh, those things that you heard, uh, you know, the things that you have seen in people, practice these things. Those things are the things that are worthy of praise. You know, there's a certain cadence to this. Uh, there's a certain rhythm that we have to follow with this. Um, that is uh, you know that is worthy uh, the, you know this uh, this way this is the way that people learn before uh, understand this that uh, back in back in the early uh, back in the early church we have to understand something the Bible was not yet completed all right so one of the things that's important to know in context is as Christianity was taking form and growing this pattern was vital as it is right now what do I mean by this? Back then, they, didn't, they couldn't just go to the bookstore and say, okay, I want a King James. You know, I want an NIV. You know, I, I want to learn what the Bible says. It, it, that's not how it worked, right? And so there was a living model example. Like, people actually looked at people. For example, the reason they were called Christians was because they were following a man who claimed to be Christ. Okay, I mean, that's why. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't, a, um, uh, it wasn't uh, they were not complimenting them. Uh, you know, they, they, they were not setting him a, a upon a, a pedestal. They were calling him Christians because these, these followers were following a man who says he's Christ, right? You know, they, they, they called them disciples of Jesus. Why? Because disciple means a follower. It means a learner. So there was, there was a certain emphasis upon the name. And nowadays, we don't really understand that we just call everybody a Christian or people just label themselves without even understanding what that actually implies, so in the early church, they actually, the modeling was huge. It was huge. This was this was the way that, that that the world will know that we are followers and disciples of Jesus when we love one another, right? When we demonstrate, when we walk in truth. Uh, we see this in scripture, you know, that, that that the pattern of the early church, they learned it, they received it, right? They heard it and they saw it in their leaders. That is a beautiful pattern that we ought to be repeating, we have to be following. You know, not everything the church is is seeing nowadays is worthy of imitating. That's why we need to go to scripture. Not first to man. Not first to denominations. First to scripture because not everything is worthy of praise. Not everything is is of good repute. Not everything has a good name. Not everything, you know, uh, is above reproach. Not everything. So we have to discern it through the word of God. You know, many things can be learned, received, heard, and seen that lead us away from Christ or godliness. That is why it's important that you guard your mind, guard your heart, what you learn, what you receive into your life is huge. You don't just receive anything. You know, you don't just digest uh, every sermon, you know, uh, without actually thinking, meditating upon what did the man just say? Like, what, what did he just say about this, right? It, it, is, is he reading the text or is he just giving his opinion about certain things? So we have to be careful what we receive into our lives. Um, so that way we can make sure we live this out correctly. You know, when, what happens is when you collapse theologically, you will soon collapse ethically. Let me tell you again, if you collapse theologically, if your grounding upon God is weak, fragile, and, you know, it's subjective to whatever people say, well, ethically, you're going to live that way. Because you're going to live according to what you believe. And that's why when you see people living a certain way, well, that's because they believe certain things. And that's why Christians ought to be living according to their beliefs, according to their faith. So it, it follows. Uh, you know, you know, we can ask, are the patterns I am following or traditions leading me closer to Jesus, into godliness, or into a high view of God, a high view of the church, or not? Right, You know, is what I'm learning, is, is my teacher, is, is my leader, uh, is my life, uh, you know, leading me closer to Jesus uh, or not? I mean, that's a very simple question, but that's a very profound one. You know, am I being nourished? Am I being fed? Am I growing? You know, is there, is there vital signs in my Christian life? Right? These are important questions. You know, in this text, Paul is speaking of his teaching and example. Right, you know, we know the uh, the church learned and received the gospel and other teachings connected to the gospel. So obviously, Paul is saying, you know, you've received this gospel, you received this message of Christ of the kingdom, you received this, and you heard this, and you saw us living a kingdom-filled life. You know, but notice that he takes it, like I said, a notch deeper, and he uses himself as an example. He doesn't just say, you know, uh, he doesn't just, like I said, give a good teaching, but he uses himself. He says look these things you saw in me a living example a model you know Paul was a model of Christian teaching Paul was a genuine model of what it means to be a follower of Christ Uh, you know we can say we can ask these questions you know of biblical models you know you who preach don't steal do you steal you know you who preach of love do you truly love you who preach of faith do you walk by faith you who preach uh, 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 of Christianity are you a Christian right I mean these are basic fundamental questions that are important that we ought to be questioned we have to be asked we have to be probing uh, you know it's it's not how much we can learn receiving here that's not the difficult part we can learn many ways we can hear uh, all different different ways in different times and we can you know we can receive all kinds of things so it's not that's not where, where it stops you know but Are people seeing Jesus in what we're learning, receiving, and hearing? Is Jesus the focus? Is Jesus the theme? Is Christ being glorified? Are the scriptures being lifted up? Or or is something else being lifted up, right? These are things that are important for us to ask. You know, if people were to imitate us... You know, would that be a blessing for everybody or would that be, you know, a, a curse for everybody, right? I mean, that's a, a strong question. If somebody was to imitate my life, would that be a good thing or a bad thing? You know, Christianity needs, you know, to be in word and deed, everything. Everything in Christianity, it needs to be not only taught, but it needs to be lived. You know, we live in generations of very of, of nominalism, you know, that people are just by name only Christians. That is not the biblical model Right, it, it, you know, uh, having the name, having the name brand is not enough. We actually have to walk the walk, you know. And so it's important that we learn, receive, hear uh, sound teaching, you know, that in order that we will practice sound uh, sound gospel, a gospel truth. If we're learning, if we're receiving, if we're hearing all these things that are not the sound teaching of scripture, well, guess what? You're probably going to be practicing something contrary, and that's what happens. Think about this: when somebody's led astray, they're not just led. They don't just wake up and say, oh, man, I'm just gonna follow this false teaching." Of course not, right? They're led astray because they allowed a certain teaching to come into their life. They were listening to things they shouldn't listen to. They received it into their life as truth, and they saw it in the people, and they were like, "Wow, you know, maybe I've been wrong my whole life." And then what happens? They practice these things. So it's it's that important that we watch what we receive into our lives, watch how we learn, and what we learn. You know, Paul says something to that notion in Galatians chapter 1, verse 9, a verse that you guys know well. You know, as we have said before, Paul says, So I say now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. You know, if somebody's out there preaching something of another Jesus, he is to be accursed, he says. Right? He goes, look, but in order for you to know who Jesus is, you have to be in the scriptures. In order for you to see who, who Jesus really was, because every, anybody can talk about Jesus, but when you hear them closely, they're describing another Jesus, another gospel. But unless you're in the scriptures, you won't be able to identify that. You know, don't entertain distorted gospels, uh, you know, lest we receive it and practice it. We have to be careful with that. You know, another another text of that is in First Thessalonians uh, chapter four verse one. He's Paul tells this church. He says, "Finally, finally, then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that that as you received from us instruction us as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more." You know, he tells the church. You know, you received this text, uh, this instruction that ought, that you ought to walk. To please God, So it was not just to be a form of, of a Sunday school class or a teaching that you put back on the shelf once you're done. No, this was to be lived out. This was to be demonstrated what we receive. You know, and, and the other letter he writes to Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2.15, he says something like this. So then, brethren, stand firm, hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or mouth or by letter from us. Again, Paul is making an appeal to hold to certain standards. So hold to these standards of teaching. You know, practice these things, says Paul, and the God of peace will be with you. He will be with you. That's what Paul says, look, dwell upon these things. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, dwell upon these things that are worthy of praise. These things are worthy of following, worthy of actually imitating You know, those things that honor God, that make Jesus known, that are according to his will. And the God of peace, he says, will be with you. In verse 7, Paul tells the church the peace of God would guard their hearts and minds. Right? He says, you know, to not be anxious, right? And nothing but to to go to God in prayer. To go to the throne of grace. To go to the treasure house of grace, which is the throne of God. You know, he tells them this in verse 7. He goes, and if you do this, right, you know, the 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 it's the it's peace of God, because you trust him, will be guarding your hearts, will be guarding your mind. And now what he's saying is, practice these things so God will be with you. Not only his peace, but that he will be with you. All right? So that's a beautiful thing here. In verse 7, he says that the peace of God uh, will guard you. And in verse 9, he says that the peace of God will be with you. And again, that's just a beautiful call for us Um you know, that's, that's just a glorious thing that to understand because we're talking about his peace and his person, right? Not just giving us something, but actually being with us. You know, and when he says we'll be with you, that is a strong, powerful thing for us for as believers. That he will be with us at all times. Uh, you know, it's the presence of God that is with us. You know, out of that comes countless blessings, You know, that the God of peace will be with you, believe me, is worth much more than any silver and gold, anything that you can achieve in this world. That the eternal God be with his creature is a beautiful thing. When you know what you really are and you know what God is, you will understand that this is a powerful thing, that he will be with you. You know, the Apostle Paul, you know, was only worth imitating because he was following the role model of role models, who is Jesus. The only reason that we can imitate Paul is because he said, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." You know that's why he was worth imitating. You know that's that's the only thing. If we're gonna follow any man or any woman that is a godly, God fearing person, if we if there's things in their life that we can say, you know what, I attribute this to God, and uh, and it's worth imitating. Then we ought to do it because it's leading us closer to God. Not closer to looking like them, but closer to looking like Jesus. You know, imitate men and women of God only as much, remember this, as they imitate such things that lead us to God, that are worthy of imitating and worthy of praise. And so we ought to be pursuing that. We ought to be, that's why he tells them in, in the earlier verse dwell upon these things. Let your mind be directed upon this. Let your thought process be focused upon these things. The world provides all kind of morality, all kind of things. Subjectivism is all over the place. You know, and and so everybody does as they please. And um, don't harm me. I won't harm you. There's all this nonsense out there. And Christ says, look, man, dwell upon these things. Paul's telling the church, these things are worthy of praise. You know, these things will lead you closer to God. These and much more, obviously, there's so many virtues that we can see in Scripture that are, worthy of imitating you know jesus tells us in the gospels you know follow me and i will make you fishers of men right when we follow jesus when we imitate when we follow after the master you know he begins to transform us when we begin our walk with jesus as we say you know that means that we come into the path of holiness of sanctification where the pruning begins right where john 15 takes uh takes living color Right? That we abide in him and that he begins to prune us. Right? And and John 15 just becomes a a reality of, of the abiding, of the pruning, of walking in fellowship with our God. And so when we walk with Jesus, he makes us fishers of men. He makes us new creatures. He builds his church. Right? He transforms the mind. He changes the heart. It's he does the holiness. It's him. It's his work. You know, sanctify us in your truth for your word is truth. It's God's word that is going to sanctify. It's God's presence. It's God's work in our lives. You know, he will help us. You know, when we follow him, when we imitate him, you know, he, he says, I will clean you. I will forgive you. I will strengthen you. I will be your friend. You know, it's the work of Christ. It's not our work. It's not how much I can do. It's his work. It's his grace upon our lives day to day. You know, as we imitate those things that are worthy of praise. The more we imitate these things, the closer we're going to be with him. The more communion we're going to have with him. The more we're going to understand what it means to be in union with Christ. The more we're going to understand how beautiful it is to truly taste and see how good the Lord is. Because once you taste it and you see it, you cannot deny that it is good. You know, once you taste this truth, once you've been enlightened to this, once God reveals his goodness, his grace, what forgiveness means. Once God allows you to taste this, you know, and you see the goodness of God in your life, you cannot deny that it is good. And that's why we say that our God is a good God at all times. You know, in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 6, it says that the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Those, you know, who say that they abide in Jesus need to walk according to him. We need to be imitating Christ. We need to be followers of him. You know, and the only way we're going to do this is to give our life to Jesus. We have to give our lives to the Lord. You know, abide in him. Follow after the master's steps. You know, all earthly role models are hands and feet of clay. But our confidence and trust is not upon them it is upon the potter let me repeat that to you every role model that we have on this on this earth whether they be righteous bold for the gospel pure truthful whatever good thing we can apply to them there we are only hands and feet of clay that's all we are we are prone to make mistakes each and every one of us therefore our confidence and our trust is not upon the role model but it is upon the Potter. It is upon Christ. It is upon the Eternal God. Let me let me conclude with this text in Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse seven and eight. Paul, uh, well, it could be Paul. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but it says, "Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith." Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As a result of their conduct, therefore we imitate their faith. You know when we look at when we dwell upon these things, and we look at godly examples. When we when we learn it, when we receive it, when we hear it, right? When we see it, uh, you know, practice these things. Uh, you know, but as a result of the conduct of their faith, right? Is 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 their conduct according to Scripture or not? Then it's not worthy of imitating. It is their lifestyle? Uh, according to what Jesus has modeled? If not, then don't imitate it, right? You know, it, 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 and so it's that simple. You know, is that conduct leading us closer to Jesus? And we ought to strive for that. We ought not to say, well, don't imitate me because I don't know what I, you know. No, that's not the attitude we should have. We should strive to look like Christ. We should strive to look like Jesus. We should not say, don't imitate me. We should say, imitate me as far as I imitate Christ. We should be we should be bold in that area, You know, we live in society, like I told you, where we need to see role models of better things. Role models of virtuous things. Role models of righteousness are are few. Role models who are willing to say what is right and wrong when nobody's agreeing with you. You know, when you got trolls all over you and you're willing to stand up for what is right. For what is pure. For what is holy. For what is lovely. Even if that means that you're off the Christmas list of these people. Right? Even if you're not invited to the parties. Even if you're not invited to the fancy conference because you stand for truth. Even if you're not invited to this club or this organization. Who cares? We belong to the body of Christ. We belong to a much better group. To the community of faith. We belong. We're followers of Jesus Christ. What more do we want? We belong to him. You know, only in Christianity does the eternal God come to us in incarnate form. And he takes... You know, he takes form here, and he becomes the God-man. Only in Christianity does this happen. The eternal God becomes the God-man. And he gives us a living role model of better things and a better way. Only in Christianity. That is why it is wise, it is beneficial, and it is good for us to follow Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We come before your throne, Lord, and we thank you for your goodness, uh, for your grace. Lord, in this Lord's day, God, I pray that our minds and our hearts, God, will be just attentive to the word. Uh, these, This the scripture, God, of, of what we learn, what we receive, what we hear, what we see, is, is that leading us closer to you, Lord? Therefore, we ought to be practicing it, God. As Paul exhorts the church, Father, the exhortation comes out to us. And uh, I pray that we will live lives that are wise, that we discern, that we stand for what is right, for what is pure, for what is holy, that we dwell upon the things that are going to lead us closer to you. Father, I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom from above. I pray that the church, God, especially right now, our fellowship, God, the hearers right now, Lord, that we will be willing to lay aside, God, all the privileges of this world to simply follow you, God. That we'll be willing to lay aside the, the temporary things for the eternal, God. That we'll be living, le, leaving aside, God, just this corruptible crown, Lord, pursuing the incorruptible one. I pray for strength and wisdom for my brothers and sisters. And I pray that your presence guide us into truth day to day. May your spirit lead us into the truth of scripture every day, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. And I love you all, and we shall see each other midweek.